So I got to get into the word today, and my message is only enough to get us down here to this altar to pray that God would begin to infuse us with something. I am pregnant with a verse. Can you see my pregnancy? I'm in my third trimester. I'm loaded with this verse of revelation I need to share with you. Can we talk? We're dealing with the ab an abundance of hope. Download the notes, if you will. Those of you watching online, you can click the link there. Download the notes. They're going to be putting scriptures on the screen. But let's pray, Father, I thank you for today. Speak through me. Give us revelation and clarity. But most importantly, give us impartation, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 15, 13. Would you read that verse with me? Romans 15, 13. Ready, read. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Slow it down. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do it one more time. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read it to you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want you to recognize that God is a God of hope. He deals in hope. He's loaded with hope. He prefers hope to doubt, to discouragement. And not only is he a God of hope, but he manifests and releases hope. But the Bible says not only is he a God of hope, that you could be filled. Look at that word, fill you. May the God of hope fill you. Now, it's one thing for you to have a little bit of something. It's another thing for you to be full of something. You ever been to a buffet? And by the time you finish, you were full. Full means you can't take anymore because you got all that you need. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That word abound is a Greek word that means to be over and above, to go way beyond. God's not talking about giving you a, a, a dropper full of hope. He's not talking about giving you a dab of hope. He's not talking about giving you a little bit of hope. He's not talking about giving you an ounce of hope. He's talking about so filling you through the power of the Holy Spirit that you have way more hope than you ever need. So you have hope you can begin to spread to other people, to communities, to nations, to neighborhoods. God wants to do that. The word hope is the word expectation. Say expectation. Say it again, expectation. See, hope is not, I, I wish it would happen. Hope is not, I wonder if it's going to happen. Hope is not, probably, maybe, it might happen. Hope is not because God is good. Uh, I think it's going to go ahead and possibly happen. Hope is expectation. Let me try to explain to you what hope is by reading Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 13. Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 13. Here's what it says. 
By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him what? Faithful who is promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars in the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith. Hmm. They died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. They embraced them. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith. It goes and it names many people from Abraham to Sarah. It talks about Noah. It talks about Gideon. It goes all the way down for people that had faith. But it puts this unique statement in the midst of this verse, and it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promise. So what is this thing we're talking about called hope? What is this cousin to this thing called faith, but it's a different dynamic, a different dispensation of this thing called faith. Because again, I stress to you, hope is not, man, I hope my, man, 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 you know, my, 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 my wife said we can go shopping today. Man, I hope she don't go. Yeah, I know she will. That's why I paused. I was waiting on it. I knew it had to come. You tell the kids we're going to go on vacation this summer, they're like, man, I hope mama takes me to the beach. I hope she takes me to Six Flags. In that, there's some kind of a, a doubt in it. Can you hear it? I hope. They're just like, I don't know if it's really going to happen, but I hope it happens. That's our definition of hope. That's not the biblical definition of hope. The biblical definition of hope is when there's such a strong knowing inside of you that there's an expectation that it's going to happen. Instead of saying, man, I hope somebody comes, if they say they're coming at 8, you're dressed at 7.30 standing at the door because you expect them to come. It's a strong expectation. It's because you're so thoroughly convinced it's going to happen. That's when you know you're going to get pregnant. Even if it hadn't happened yet, you still fixed up the nursery. That's when you know you're going to get married, and even though he hasn't showed up yet, you got the wedding dress hanging in the closet. No, no, I don't know. This might be for the 11 o'clock service. I might be a little bit too. Uh, there's something about expectation that is not that hope that we know of with a doubt in it. It's something where you're so certain and you're so sure about it or about him. And if you're not sure about it, you got to be sure about him. I'm talking about God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You're so sure about him that you don't have any room in you for that question, that, that thing. Say, I don't know. He may do it. He may. No, 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 no. My life is in his hands. 
My steps are ordered by the Lord. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and call according to his purpose. So I've got an expectation that he's working something out in my life. I don't know all the steps. I don't know how it's going to come out. But I hope in God because I have an expectation that he's working something out. So I want you to listen to, listen to what hope really is. Hope is a reality. Say a reality. That allows you to live now. As if the promise was already fulfilled. Don't take that down yet. Hope is a reality that allows you to live right now. As if the promise was already fulfilled. Because you have so much expectation, your emotions are already lined up, your spirit is already lined up, your faith is already lined up, so you don't have to wait till the battle is over. You literally can shout now because hope is the expectation that allows you to live as though it happens right now. Here's the problem. We live for expectation. We, we live for manifestation too much. If you can't be happy until you close on the house. If you can't be happy until you get the car. If you can't be happy until the wife shows up. If you can't be happy until the husband shows up, something's off. Jeremiah talks about the children of Israel and he was rebuking them because he said they go from height to height, from mountain to mountain. Seeking the next thrill. And that's the way a lot of believers live. We're down in the valley. When we're down in the valley, we're going up the rough side of the mountain. What makes it so rough? Jesus made everything smooth. And, you know, so when we're on top of the mountain, we're doing good. When we're, going, when we're down, we're not doing good. But there's this equality in God if you have this thing called hope. Because hope allows you to have the same emotions the same internal reality, the same rejoicing as if the thing already manifested. In other words, it's not even dependent on the thing. You got to hear me. It's not dependent on the thing. That's why the Bible said these all died in faith, not having received the promise. It wasn't about getting the thing. It was about staying in the place where, listen, you have all joy and peace in believing. Because you believe, you win. If you don't lose your faith, you win. If you don't lose your hope, you win. And there is this thing called hope that elevates you to a place where no matter what's going on, you're still winning. I said no matter what's going on, you're still winning. No matter what it looks like, you're still winning. Hope does not defer gratification. It does not defer praise. It does not defer thanksgiving. Hope, with enough hope, our soul is transferred to a place that you experience the same emotions you will experience when the thing manifests. So here's the difference in Zechariah and Mary. Angels appeared to both of them. Angel came to Zach. Zach, your wife's going to have a baby. I know she's up there in age, but she's going to have a baby. It's going to happen. Zach said, how, how do I know that's going to happen? She's old, I'm old, and it's been a long time, angel. Angel said, I'm Gabriel, standing in the presence of God. And you're going to be dumb not speaking a word until it happens because you didn't believe my word. Same angel came to Mary. Mary, you are highly favored. 
You're going to have a baby. Mary just said, how? Because I don't know a man. I, I, I'm a virgin. And the angel said, Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Power of the high is going to overshadow you. Mary said, be it unto me then, according to my faith. Literally, in the Greek, the word is like, come on with it. So look at the difference. That's literally the way it reads in the Greek. So Zach said, how is this going to happen? Mary said, come on. From that moment forth, she knew she was the mother of the Messiah. Y'all ain't hearing me today. Before the conception happened, she was walking around the mother of the Messiah. She had already believed in and received it, so the emotions, the soul, the mindset was already lined up as if the thing had already happened because her expectation and her hope was strong. Can you hear me today? So Abraham is held up in the Bible as the messenger of hope. Romans chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible said, Abraham, who was the father of us all, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he might become the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Let me read that to you one more again. Abraham, say Abraham, who is the father of us all, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he might become the father of many nations, so shall your descendants be. Let's talk about good old Abe for just a few minutes. God came to Abraham and called him when he was 75 years old. We don't think about that much. He was 75 years old. Sarah was 60 when God called him to come out of his kindred, come out of his country, come out of his father's house. And that's scary enough as it is, but God calls him. And in fact, I, I had a word in my heart this morning to seniors. I, heard a word, I had a word in my heart to those that are 60 and up. Because our society starts kind of writing you off when you get to that age. When you get that AARP card and get to the place where uh, businesses start giving retirement, somehow something happens in our society. And because of that, something happens in our mind. Something happens in our heart. And there are many people in the workplace and in corporate America that say, no, I want this and I want that. And they may not look to seniors that much, but I got news for you. God don't think that way. God does not reason that way. Many of the people in the word of God that were used were used in their senior years. Abraham was 75 when God called him the first time. Joshua, we don't, we don't understand Joshua because we always preach Joshua to the children's church and to the youth. Say, Joshua led the children of Israel to the promised land. But Joshua was about 65 years old when he went to the promised land. Think about it. Because you remember, he was there with 12 spies. And 10 of the spies disobeyed. Two of the spies began to obey. And God said, all of you are going to die in the wilderness. And for 40 years, they were walking around in the wilderness, couldn't go nowhere. So let's assume Joshua was 20 years old when that happened. He never went to the promised land until after 60. So after 60, he goes into the promised land, and he begins to enter into that. Moses didn't even start his ministry till he was after 80. I don't know who I'm talking to. Me and my wife got so many promises, and we talk about it all the time. God, you've showed us so many things. Why are you going to wait? Our age is advancing. What is going on? God said, do you think it's a big thing for me to use you when you're young or use you when you're a bit older? God said, there is no, no nothing in me to work between age or not age, and if you're, if you're getting up there in age, 
age, if you're a senior, I got a word for you. God is just getting started with you, baby. It ain't over. He is just beginning. The devil is a lie. All that God promised me, I will see it in my lifetime. We will see it in my lifetime. And, and, and listen, and we ain't going to be walking you know, like Arthur. Y'all claiming Arthur. My, my Arthur. Y'all keep speaking age on you. Oh, my, my arthritis, my bones be cracking, my butt be aching. And he, stop speaking that stuff on you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Huh? Hey, many times God will wait till you, till, till, till you won't give him that many problems. Well, you just set the place you can hear him and obey what he got to say. And I just had that burden this morning. And for everybody 60 and older, I want you to stand up right now, 60 and up. Just stand up where you are right now. I want to read this verse over you and declare it over your life. Psalm 92, 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. See, that's the issue where you're planted, not what your age is. Oh, I'm going to preach myself happy. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and fly. Baby, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. You ain't seen nothing yet. I've been through enough hell and high waters. I've been through enough temptations. I know what to do and not do. I'm like Moses at 80. One man with a stick brought down the greatest empire in the world at 80 years old. And you mean to tell me God can't do something through you at 70 and 71 and 72? You better come on with it, baby. It's your hour. Father, we decree and declare over every senior that's in here. Everybody stretch your hands out to the seniors. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. Pray for those that are watching by streaming. Come on, pray. Pray right now. Father, we bring every senior before you. God, we decree and declare hope, ar hey, hope arising. We declare hope arising by the power of the Holy Spirit. We decree that there will be, you will be fresh and flourishing in your latter years. And we declare the best is yet to come in your life. In Jesus' name we declare, give the Lord the best clap offering you ever gave him in your life. I said in your life. I said the best one in your life. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. I feel grace on that, baby. I feel a renewal on that, baby. Just like God rolled Sarah's years back, I feel like somebody's youth is being renewed like an eagle. Give him praise and glory. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you 40 and under, just watch us. We coming. Now, you got, you got your own too, but we know you got yours because you're young and energetic. But I'm telling you, some, some, man, 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 God is doing something. He's renewing some mind. He's changing some hearts. Glory to God.
God said, I work through teeth or dentures. Don't matter to me none. I work through both of them. All I need is some hope. <laughs> Somebody getting a new calling up in here. Oh, I feel glory. Oh! So the Bible says about Abraham that against hope, he believed in hope. What does it mean against hope? Biology was against him. His seed one would it used to be at 75. Now, he was called at 75. Promise didn't happen until he was 100. So at 75, God called him to be a father of many nations when his wife, Minnow, had already paused. Now, come on, listen to me. When it was biologically impossible, God called him to be a father of many nations, no children, he's 75, she's 60. Called him out of his kindred, away from his father's house, to the land that I will show thee. So I'm not even going to tell you where I'm going to tell you, step by step. I'll show you where to go. To the land that I'll show you. At 75 and 60. So biology was against him. Seed wasn't working, and that what it takes to fertilize an egg and a sperm wasn't there. Physiology was against him. Didn't have the strength he used to have. The laws of nature were against him. Pukinim were against him. You know Pukinim had something to say, didn't you? Everything against him, but here's what the Bible said, in hope he believed. And this is food for my soul, man. In hope he believed in hope. He might be the father of many nations. So when hope is on you, it gives you the current status of having received the full blessing while the blessing ain't even arrived yet. It's a supernatural thing that grabs your soul and puts your soul in a place of perpetual victory and you don't even know what's going on. And it's a power. It's a power. So quickly, I'm going to run through these notes. The power of hope. Number one, hope is an anchor. The Bible says it's an anchor. Hebrews 6.19, that hope we have is an anchor of the soul. It holds you. It's sure. It's steadfast. Hope is a helmet. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians, but let those who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and uh, as a helmet, the hope of salvation. When you have hope, the results of hope, number one, joy and peace. Romans 15, we read it. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. When there's hope, there's no depression. There's no discouragement. There's no despondency. There's joy and peace when this thing begins to grip your soul. There's boldness. 2 Corinthians 3, therefore, since we have such hope, we've used great boldness of speech. Delivered from shame. When you have hope, Romans 5, 3 talks about hope makes not a shame. Verse number 5, hope does not disappoint. It won't make you ashamed. Whenever you have hope, you cannot be disappointed because hope guards and covers your heart. I just want to talk about three things. How do you get hope? How do you get hope? I'm going to go to number two first. You get it from the Word of God. Romans 15, 4. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience 
and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Number three, you get it through experience. When you read Romans 5, it talks about how tribulation works this, patience and perseverance and character, but character produces hope. But the one I want to settle on is number one. How do you get hope? Holy Spirit gives it to you. Romans 15, 13. Read it again. Now may the God of hope fill you. What? You mean I ain't got to go to Dollar General and buy it? You can't buy it. God, man, this is so good to myself. May the God of hope fill you. May he put in you what you don't already have. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the perpetual eating of Popeye's chicken. That ain't what it's saying. How do you abound in hope? Power of the Holy Ghost. It's a supernatural deal. God will fill us. He'll give it to us. And as we walk in that place of hope, there's no limit as to what God can do through us if we, if we elevate ourselves to that place of hope. I felt an impartation waiting on us. I told you in the beginning, I just want to get through the notes so I can get through the impartation time. Because what Holy Ghost told me, what Holy Spirit told me, if I could have just made an announcement and said, let's pray, I would have done that. Because this is not unto information, this is unto impartation. There is a Holy Spirit impartation of hope, Edith, that is about to come into our spirit. And we have to steward it. We need to adjust our mind to it. But the Holy Spirit is about to infuse a DNA of hope inside of us. And I'm telling you, it's going to revolutionize your world. It's going to change you. If you're 60 and up, it's going to mess with you. If you're 40 and down, it's going to mess with you. If you're 50, it's going to mess Wherever you are in life, if you receive this and embrace it, and we're going to pray right now, but even after today, I want you to just press in for this. I want you to just go after it and press in and meditate on this verse and ask God every day to fill you with more and do it until you're overflowing with this thing called hope because it is a grace, it is a gift that lifts you to the place your life is full of joy, it's full of confidence, it's full of boldness, and God, uh, he, we, he has gotten us to the place he can do whatever he needs to do with us if we allow this grace of hope to enter into our spirit. So who did God give me this message for? Who is it that needs some hope this morning? And it's not that you lack it. It's an impartation. It's something God wants to do to take you to the next level. The altar is open right now, and I'm the first one right here. 